quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I'm Michelle, recovering yeller, control freak, and perfectionist. I didn't want to be a connected parent, but my strong and smart oldest daughter would not succumb to my bribes, threats, and manipulations. After years of control parenting, I threw it all out and started over. I doubled down on the idea of connective parenting and turned in time out for time in. It's taken me years to figure out how to unknot sticky situations without using punishments, but I've finally cracked the code and now I can help you create the relationship with your child that you dreamt of having when you first decided to become a parent. It's not easy letting go of star charts and bribes, but you can change. Listen in as we interview parents just like us who found success and hear from experts who will help us better understand how to form a deep bond with our children. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle and I have a guest Nikki today, who's going to talk to us all about being a step parent and just the trials and the tribulations and also the great successes of being a step parent. So Nikki, welcome to the show. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm super excited to talk about step parenting. The topic is near and dear to my heart. And I've been a stepmom now for 10 years, and it's something that I definitely treasure. And I think it's one of my greatest blessings. So a little bit of background, my husband and I, we've been married for 10 years. We got married in 2011. And at that time, he had a son who was five years old. His name is Xander. We got married. And on the day I became a wife, I also became a stepmom. It was kind of like a two for one. And I was a teacher at the time. I taught school for six years and it was such a blessing because I just, I loved kids and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. I'm looking so forward to this. And it has been all of those things, but it also was hard. Like there were some yeah. hard things and there were some things that I had to learn and some things that I had to kind of figure out and get in there and see how it works and how to kind of build that relationship. Right. And I think that's the case for parents too. Absolutely. We don't know what we're doing just because this child's related to us by blood doesn't mean we know what we're doing at all. And I think it's all about forming the relationship, whether you're a step parent or even just a parent. Yes, absolutely. It's so true. So for the first year and a half, two years, Xander, he actually lived out of state. At that time, it was kind of like the long distance parenting that we did with him. We would do like video chats. 
we would call him every day. And then we did this thing called radio with him where we could read with him. Mm. And that was hard. And he came down for, it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas, depending on what year. And then he spent about six weeks with us in the summertime. And how was that in the summertime? Was it a big transition for you guys? Well, so we got married in April of 2011. And then summer 2011 was the first time he was with us full time. And I think that's when I realized I was, oh, wow, this this is kind of hard. And not that he was hard. He was never hard. Nothing about him was hard. He's an amazing kid, but just it kind of brought up some insecurities. And I kind of was like, wow, my husband, like he was married before and he had this life and he has this kid with this other person. And I all of a sudden kind of felt I never thought it would go this way. And I realized like I had some insecurities about that. And I was quite embarrassed about it. Like I kind of felt shame and I was like, am I jealous? Like, why do I feel this way? And I remember just talking to my sister about it and she was so understanding and I'm so lucky that I had her and I could kind of talk to her about it. But that was really the only person I talked to. It wasn't even until after the summer was over that I even confided in my husband that I kind of had those feelings and he's like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. What were you, do you mind me asking? What were you insecure about? What were the feelings? So I think, let's see. I all of a sudden had this five-year-old child Mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to know like how involved to be or how little to be involved. Mm -hmm. There's such a balance. It's Mm -hmm. like, you don't want to overstep your place, but you don't want to understep it. Mm -hmm. You want to develop this relationship, but you don't want to force it. And it's like, there's such a thin line between all of those things. Yeah. And I think I was walking that line and I was like, wow. Where do I fit? Where, where do I fit? my role? Yeah. I'm not the mom. I'm the stepmom, which is a very particular role. Very much so. And I remember there were these sweet girls that went to my church and they both were moms of young children. And I just remember thinking like, I kind of fit in with them because I have Xander, but I kind of don't because it's like, he's only here part of the time. And even knowing like how I fit into the outside world of being a stepmom, it's kind of like, I kind of have a kid, but you know, not here all the time. And And you didn't have my identity. I think it was kind of hard to determine my identity. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. And I think because you didn't have kids. So here you're coming in, you didn't get to get used to it for the first five years. You're just like thrown oh. in like, okay, yeah. now you have a child and you don't even have that understanding of being a parent at all. So you're a right. brand new step parent, which is something totally different too, I think. So it's kind of like came with additional adjustments to the marriage because it wasn't just like, oh, all of a sudden now I'm a married individual. It's like, <laughs> I'm also a stepmom. It's just tricky. Life is just tricky. It really is. And I don't think we grow up thinking, oh, well, I certainly didn't grow up thinking that I had a stepmom or that I would be divorced or that we never know what's going to happen in our life. And sometimes it throws us a curveball, but a good one. Definitely. I feel like all of our best blessings are sometimes the hardest things. Yeah. Like children. (laughs) Like children. They're so hard, but they're so sweet. How is the relationship with you and his mom? Are you guys close? She's pretty nice to me. I feel like she's good to me, but I also felt that was very much uncharted territory. And I think just kind of finding your place as the stepmom and then her finding her place as now her son having a stepmom, the path is definitely paved with lots of mistakes as you figure it out and get a feel for it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely hard because there's not like a defined right or wrong with Mm -hmm. this. 
like everything's so circumstantial. And so you kind of have to figure out what works for you and what works for her. And that's hard. A situation of divorce, oftentimes there's hard feelings and it's not like, oh, you can just have a friendly conversation. It's like sometimes it's just painful no matter what. And I think my husband and his ex-wife, it was kind of like that. It wasn't just, I don't know. I think that they were still kind of figuring out the divorce. They had been divorced for a little bit, but I still think it takes time. Divorce is also, there's no right or wrong. Like it's a hard thing. And they were kind of figuring it out. And then she had been remarried for a while when we got married. Sandra's stepdad had to figure it out, I'm sure. And then I had to figure it out. And so now it's like these four people have to kind of make it work for this one child. And it's just kind of tricky. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot of personality. I mean, it's tricky when you're not divorced and remarried. (laughs) It's really, it's tricky when you're just married with kids. Oh yeah. And I can't imagine then you're adding in all these extra personalities and nuance. And I can imagine the difficulty. I'm single, but I'm always like, maybe I'd be a step parent sometime. I wonder if I would do a good job. I think it would be hard too. I think it would be really hard. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, but there's really no universal right way to do it. You kind of have to figure out what works yeah. for all parties involved. So you and Xander have a good relationship now. Yes. Yes. He's yeah. 15. Yeah. So he's kind of going through his teenage years. <laughs> That's a whole nother ballpark. It is. Well, we can talk so, about that at the end because I'm good at that. <laughs> oh, yes, you are. You know, teenagers, you yes. get teenagers. Yeah. But I'm wondering, what do you think made it so successful, the forming your relationship? He lived out of state for a year and a half to about two years. And then he came and lived quite close to us. And then it became 50-50. And I think just kind of stepping back and not trying to force the relationship Mm -hmm. and trying just to let it kind of unfold naturally was very helpful. And also just kind of finding like common interests and trying to build on those. And I think we do that with all humans, right? You do that with your spouse. You do that with your children that aren't your stepchildren. It's like, we're always trying to build those relationships. And I think with a stepchild, it might be kind of tricky, but I just don't think it's really that different. I agree, but I don't really know because I don't have the experience, but I could imagine I've worked with step parents before, but I could imagine that it's the relationship. Like you're saying, like, how can you find something to bond with this child over that will create a closeness so that you guys can have a relationship? Because if you're just there and you're caretaking, but you don't really have a vested interest in this child, then there's no relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. And sadly, you kind of see that with some step parents. And so it's kind of hard. But some things that I do is when he's here, so he's here every other week. Mm -hmm. So it's 50 50, the arrangement. And I try to make his favorite meals whenever he's here, at least one of his favorite meals. We have four younger children that we've added to the family. We're really busy. And sadly, with him being self sufficient, sometimes our teenagers, they kind of have to figure things out as we tend to the the little babies that their needs are so immediate, but like he loves like homemade BLTs. So I'll try to make those when he's here, just different meals that he loves and then doing different things. We always wait to celebrate the holiday until he's with us. So it's like the Easter bunny won't come until he's here. And the other kids know that, and they've grown up with that. We have twins that are five and a half, and then we have a three and a half year old and then an eight month old. The three boys, they know. Oh, the Easter bunny, he comes when Santa. Xander's here and Santa comes when Xander's here. And they don't really question it. And luckily they're young enough that they don't quite understand the calendar. 
It's the 25th of December. Santa should have come. Christmas is when you tell them Christmas is, which is, yeah. makes it easier. Yeah, definitely. That's so sweet. I'm sure he appreciates all that. Yeah, it's been nice. And then it just makes us feel like more of a family that we can kind of mm. be all together instead of trying to like do Christmas one morning and then he comes and then giving him his stuff. Yeah. We like to make it all inclusive. And how's his relationship with the younger kids? He was 10 by the time the twins were born. And so he was quite a bit older. It's okay. I think we're always like trying to find ways that we can help him to feel closer to them and to yeah. kind of build on common interests. They yeah. absolutely adore him. Of course. But <laughs> our boys are a bit rambunctious and yeah. kind of like in your face. Mm-hmm. And so he's a little bit more, he likes his face. <laughs> yeah. So that can be kind of tricky. But I think just with teenagers, I just think you see that regardless. Mm-hmm. Even if they weren't half siblings, mm-hmm. I think he still would be like wanting his own space. Of but course. It's hard love- because they're at a stage where they don't care about their own space. Like I have oh, two yeah. teenagers, they so they that. both want their own space. But these <laughs> young kids are like, play with me, be with me, you know, right. not with me. And he's like, no, I'm going in my room, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and he'll come, the transition happens on Tuesday. He'll get home from school and come here. And so it's like, he's had this long school day. He's just like tired and pooped and like wanting a snack, but then they haven't seen him for a week. So they're like, oh, Sanders, Sanders. and he will give him his face. And, but he's really good with common interests. Like they love to play Xbox with him. And so he'll kind of set it up that they'll be able to kind of earn that time and play that with him. And they also like sports. And so he'll like play ball with them and they'll all go to the park. What about fighting? Is there a sibling rivalry within the kids? I mean, I'm sure the little ones are sibling rivalry, but with (sighs) them and the younger ones. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's kind of hard just because it's like, they're always here. And then he's gone every other week. He's a little bit more like possessive of his things, just because I think in that environment, you have to be because you're not there to like, watch your things and make sure that the little kids aren't touching them. I think too, like for my kids who are from a divorced family that the going back and forth is really hard on them to have to dip in and dip out of different households and, and different norms. And I don't know if there's kids in the other household, but if there are, then it's a lot of personalities to deal with. And I think it's hard for, I know for my kids, they're like, I hate packing. I hate, we try to like have two of everything at the other house so that they don't have to pack so much because it's a burden to go back and forth. Yeah. Yes. It's almost like living out of a suitcase. It's yeah. like you don't want them to feel that way. No. And yeah. it's and hard to do that all that if you're doing that, could you imagine going back and forth every single week? I yeah. mean, my kids do it too. It's a big ask. Yeah. As my kids have gotten older, they've been like, can we stay at your house and daddy can come? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess that's going to work. It works for you guys, which has made things a little bit easier, but oh, not, that is nice. Yeah. But it's not always, not everybody has that luxury of doing that where we don't have other kids yet and, or probably ever cause we're too old, but, <laughs> but he's really flexible and will come over and it's been nice to not have them go back and forth as much, but at the same time, like they still do. And I feel for these kids. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, and you're very lucky too to have that relationship with your ex-spouse that you feel comfortable having him in your home. And that's kind of a balance that you have. So that's, that's, yeah, that doesn't always happen. Might not be the norm. No, I don't think it is. It's not the norm, but I think we can all strive for that if we can. And if we can't, there's too much conflict, then we have to let that part go and do our best. 
Exactly. Do you have siblings who fight incessantly? Have you tried everything to help them get along to no avail? I've been there too. Esme was constantly picking on and bothering her sister. She would pinch, push, and exclude her at every turn. I would in turn reprimand and punish and yell at Esme because I didn't know what else to do. Finally, I found connection and used it to foster Esme and Pia's relationship. Now things are decidedly better. I've learned many tools to infuse love between my daughters. Sibling rivalry can make a home feel hectic and heavy. That's why I created a live workshop, Siblings Not Rivals. I will teach you everything I've learned in this hour-long live workshop, including a live question and answer session. I give you all the connection pieces and ways to be the coach instead of the judge and jury. I'm offering it now at a discounted price only to my online and podcast communities. This $37 offer will increase next week to $47, so take advantage of it now. If you can't make it live, don't worry, we'll send you the recording. Head to the show notes and join me inside Siblings, Not Rivals. Yeah. And that's when it goes, it's just doing your best. Yeah, I think ultimately that's what so much of parenting comes down to. It's just kind of taking it one day at a time and trying to figure out what works best in the situation. And what's your advice for anybody who's going to be a step parent soon or is a step parent or what things would you tell them? Well, I would definitely tell them just to take it one day at a time and definitely realize that you're going to make mistakes. And that's not a bad thing. That's just a natural thing because it's uncharted territory and you're new at it. The former spouse is new at it. Like you're trying to figure out what works best. The child's new at it. Like I said, like there's no to find right or wrong and realize it that it's just moment by moment and something might feel right in the moment, but then it might not. Like you might feel comfortable talking to the your the stepchild's mom or father. You might not. And that might get easier with time. It might get harder just depending on how things evolve. Definitely just take it one day at a time. And there's no need for things to look or feel perfect. We just want to dig in there and just make this perfect relationship and be this killer stepmom or killer stepdad, we just need to kind of erase that expectation because it's going to be what the Lord needs it to be, what the child needs it to be. Taking it one day at a time and following your heart, I think is going to land you where you need to be and what the child needs. And I think also too, there's different types of stepmoms. For me, I'm a stepmom to a child who has a very loving, caring mom. There's some people who are stepparents to children who have their biological parent might be in jail. They might be passed away. They might be dealing with drugs. Like there's just so many different things that Xander had his mom pass away. Like my role would have been so different from the beginning, but it wasn't like that. It was never like I need to take the role of his mom. I've always been a bonus mom, but it's like, for me, I grew up, my mom had passed away when I was little and my dad, he didn't remarry till I was older, but pretending he had like that mom would have had to definitely fill those shoes 100%. How hard would that have been? It's like, even though a lot of us might be stepmoms, it doesn't mean that our role as a stepmom looks the same for those reasons, right? Absolutely. And I'm wondering too, it must've been difficult for your husband to say, okay, now I'm inviting this other person into our relationship because he has this intimate relationship with his son that he's just been on his own with his son all the time. And now he's inviting in another adult to share in that relationship, which is growing pains for him too. Because how does he know where to put you, to put him, to put you guys together? 
that must be hard for him too. Oh, for sure. And as I was dealing with like all the insecurities and all of them kind of coming out that first summer, I think he's like, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. Like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I feel like I have postpartum. Aww. I don't know how to describe it. I have icky feelings and I don't necessarily know why. Those went away and you get used to them. And it's a big ask of everyone, right? You're right. asking yeah. a lot of the biological parents to invite other people into your relationships. It's a big ask of yeah. the step parent because you're coming into a world you know nothing about. And it's a big ask of the child because the child is like having to grow his family just immediately. So it's a big ask of everyone. So everybody is entitled to having icky feelings, but it doesn't mean that it can't work. It doesn't mean that it's beautiful. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be great in the end, but I'm sure there's a lot of growing pains. Yeah. And those icky feelings, they go away right away. You know, you just have to kind of work through them. But I think some other advice I would give too, is just to try to build trust first. Mm-hmm. when it comes to the actual child and your relationship and your interaction with them. Mm-hmm. I think the child's heart, it just seeks to know who it can trust. Yeah. And I think that if you prove yourself as trustworthy and loving, I think everything else will fall into place. Yeah. And I think there's no reason to rush that. I spoke to yeah, somebody recently who was like, my child won't greet the step parent. And I was like, well, they haven't decided this person's safe yet. And good for them for listening to their intuition and good for them for being reserved and good for them for saying, you got to prove to me that you're okay because I don't want to give you my heart if you're not. And I think that's so valid. Like you said, you don't want to force it. And because they're not obligated to just love you, you have to actually put in the work to have them love you. And like you said, be trusted. And I also think just as being like either a step parent or biological parent, like there's so much that you can do to try to help mm-hmm. the situation work, especially for like kids who they now have step parents, I think as like the biological mom or dad, mm-hmm. you can kind of try to help just try to create a positive environment right. about the situation. But I would also, if I mean, if I ever have to deal with this, if I ever, the girl's dad ever remarries, I would think I would just say like, you have to give them a chance. You have to, you know, embrace them as much as you can, but you're entitled to being reserved and you're entitled to waiting to pass judgment, but you have to give them a chance. It'll cultivate the relationship a lot. Yeah. It'll it'll be helpful. A lot of different things to navigate in one of these situations. Right. Yeah. Divorce and remarriage. It's all very, it's complicated. And I think too, it's like in any given situation, you're always trying to keep everybody happy. And it's like, there's going to be things that you do as a step parent that the other parent might not like, and you kind of have to follow your heart and kind of figure out what's right. There's going to be stuff that they do that you don't like, and there's going to be hurt feelings. And I think that that's just part of it too, because we're all different and we do things differently. And that happens in nuclear families where there's no divorce. Your spouse might be parenting a way you don't like, and you might have conflict over that. And so Those same things happen in married families. And so the dynamic is different, but yet very similar in that life is messy and parenting is messy. And if you're doing it with somebody else, it's not going to go perfectly because they're not going to do it exactly like you do anyway. Isn't that the truth? Yes, it's so true. Yeah, I think some people believe like, oh, there's lots more conflict in divorced, remarried, melded families. But I think... There's just as much in regular nuclear, traditional married families, there's just as much conflict and upset as there can be in other arrangements. It's just a human condition. That's right. (laughs) We're always learning, no matter 
what's going on in our life. Yeah. <laughs> always, always learning. And if we all have the best interest of the child at heart, I think that's the thing. It's like, what is best for this child or these children? Yes. Are we coming with the best interest of the children or are we coming with our own self-interest? And I think if you come with the best interest of the children and forming the relationship and using connection, then the, we can't go wrong. We really can't. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like if your backbone is love, then hopefully everything else will fall into place. Yeah, that's right. Anything else, Nikki? I think we kind of covered it. I don't know if you have any more questions. No, I don't think so. I love the way how vulnerable you are and just sharing what was hard. And I know that sometimes it's not easy to share what's hard. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate and glean from what you're saying. So thanks so much for just being honest and vulnerable. I appreciate it. Definitely. I'm so grateful to be here and to be able to share because I kind of wish like when, so 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot on set parenting. And so I didn't really know where to turn. And now people are a little bit luckier that they have. There's just so many resources because of social media and because of like podcasts, YouTube, and just different things. It just there's a lot out there. Yeah. Do you have any good go-to step-parent resources that you like? It's funny. I actually was kind of looking, my short answer is no, not really, but I was looking at different podcasts and YouTube just to see how many of them kind of have a negative connotation because there's a lot of negativity when it comes yeah. to step-parenting because it can be so hard for some people. And I did see some negative things that I'm like, oh man, like they kind of came up first, but there's also a lot of like peaceful step parenting and the stepmom podcast that I'm excited to get into those and kind of give them a listen. I'm not very familiar at the moment. I want to be a stepmom, then I can do some more work around. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really fun. Yeah, so fun. Well, good. Thank you so much for joining us. I really, really appreciate you giving your story and letting our listeners know the perspective of a step parent. And thanks for everybody who's listening. And thanks for joining us on the Peace and Parenting podcast. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.